What's up, everybody? Welcome to Packers Unscripted. I'm your host, Wes Hotquist, joined by an extra special guest, Larry McCarron, stepping in for Mike Spofford today. Larry, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, Wes, can you explain the rules to me? Now, are verbal spats allowed, perhaps <laughs> yes. in extreme cases, even fisticuffs? How does yeah. this if you want to come across the studio and okay. set me straight, you're more than welcome. I want the rules. I want to have them <laughs> down so I don't, you know, step over the line. If you know, no, what I mean. you okay. are you are totally within your right, right. whatever you need to do. But uh, but yeah, get we get ready do think... for the sparring. <laughs> we uh, we do appreciate you jumping on with us, Larry. The Green Bay Packers, for the third time since 1990, clinched the number one seed in the NFC. More important probably than any other year, considering there is only one first round by the NFC. And that came courtesy of a 35 to 16 win over the Chicago bears, Larry, the green Bay Packers finishing pretty strong here on the 20, the 2020 regular season slate certainly had to dig down deep to pull this one out, but just your first impressions of that victory and, and what it meant to go down to soldier field and get another win over the bears. Well, about your previous comment about finishing strong. I think that is so important and for just this moment, regardless of opponent, I mean, when you get on a roll and the Packers are on a roll, what have they won? Five straight. Right. And it's the kind of situation where they are playing their best football at the best time, the most important time. And confidence, uh, success breeds confidence. Right. And so this is a, a great situation for them to be in. And then to go down and ice the thing, ice the number one seed, the home field advantage and the buy that goes with it in Chicago against the Bears, who had all kinds of hopes, dreams and aspirations yeah. about that game to get that done. I think it speaks volumes about the Green Bay Packers and their chances going forward. And Larry, starting off on the offensive side of the ball, Aaron Rodgers, 19 of 24, 240 <laughs> yards, four touchdowns, 147.9 passer rating. The I believe it was the 14th time this year, over 100 passer rating, kind of putting that final stamp in a lot of minds of many on an MVP season, what would be his third. There were a couple moments in this game, though, I thought right off the bat, this was going to be something where they needed to start fast. They needed to get their offensive rhythm going. And, and Rodgers got this group, you know, right from the get-go, kind of right up against it, not having David Bakhtiari. He got them into a rhythm, and it seemed like with getting three quick scores uh, really sort of set the tempo for this game. Yeah, and wasn't it a crazy way the game started? The Bears possessed the ball <laughs> for a major block of the first quarter, and then the Packers possessed it for the rest of the first quarter and into the second and I thought the Packers did a nice job early on of adjusting to what the Bears were doing against Devontae Adams. The Bears don't normally travel a corner, but they were traveling Kyle Fuller, their best corner, corner that has Pro Bowl credentials. They were traveling him with Devontae. And at the minimum, he was on the same side of the field. And if Devontae was wide, he was right across from him. And despite the fact Fuller is a real deal corner, they also had safety help over the top. And so the Packers, they got to digest this, adjust to it, and still move the ball while going through those adjustments. And they managed that. And thanks mostly to the greatness of Aaron Rodgers. Wes, I have seen every game 
that young man has played. I don't think he's ever played better. And the MVP thing to me is a non-argument, case closed. I mean, it is, it shouldn't even be close. If somebody wants to debate best of all time, best player I've ever seen, I'll be willing to debate that, but I still think he's not only the MVP, best player I've ever seen. Yeah, and there's a couple moments in this game. The one that really stands out to me, too, is the pass to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the first one that goes for the 72-yard touchdown. Matt LaFleur told a really interesting story on Monday about that, how play clock's going down, there's a little bit of confusion in the Chicago defense, and he trusted his quarterback in that instance to make sure that not only getting the playoff, but getting the Packers into the right matchup. He kept all of his assets outside. He was thinking about maybe bringing in Jamal Williams into the backfield. He keeps him out. They stay in the empty formation, and they get MVS matched up against Danny Trevathan. Trevathan's one of my favorite inside linebackers for a long time in this league, but that's going to be a mismatch. Rodgers puts it over the top, a 72-yard touchdown. Really seemed to be the explosive play to, to kind of get this offense firing. Well, the matchup you're talking about, Wes, that is – Trevathan, 4-7 coming out versus MVS, 4-3 coming out. And the thing maybe underappreciated in the play, the Bears, after Aaron left Jamal Williams on the outside, after that, when the ball was snapped, the Bears had a jammed line of scrimmage. Packers had five blockers. The Bears had them outnumbered. Duke Shelley, their nickelback, is coming free. So Aaron, out of the corner of his eye, he's got a free blitzer coming. And then he totally puts that aside as he thought the Bears were confused. There's going to be a mismatch. He finds that mismatch and then unleashes a throw. I don't know if you noticed the trajectory. I just did a chalk talk on this, and that's yeah. why suddenly I have total recall. I don't know if you noticed the trajectory of this throw, but it was not an alley-oop job. It was 36 yards in the air, on a line, to a spot, and it hits MVS in dead, perfect stride. Amazing. And when you see like stuff like that, you're like, that is otherworldly. It ain't normal, but it is Aaron Rodgers. It was. And the Green Bay Packers get off to a fast start in the first half. Wasn't all sunshine and rainbows, though. The third quarter, some adversity hits. Obviously, Rodgers hits MVS on another deep ball. This time, he can't bring it in, drops it. Packers go first punt to the game, then they go three and out. But I thought, Larry, this is where the defense really did shine and in, in the, the improvements they've made in the second half of the season. Very quietly, this ended up being a top 10 unit this season. They got number the takeaways. Nine. Number nine, yeah. They got the takeaways they were looking for late season. They improved against the run defense. This game, David Montgomery, only 22 carries for 69 yards. But most importantly, Larry, the adversity defense in this, whether it was in the red zone holding them to one of five or just some of the different kind of adjustments that Mike Pettin made, I felt like the second half, until the, the Packers got going with that 12-play drive to start the fourth quarter, the defense really took the game from there. Yeah, and certainly the defense in between that 12-play, what was it, 76-yard drive? Yes, sir. If you look at, that's the meat of the sandwich. On the outside of that, there was Shannon Sullivan's big play, yeah. breaking up a pass. And then on the other side, Adrian Amos with an interception. But I think overall the Packer defense has really improved and I think part of it was just attitude. 
putting that, setting that hair on fire and getting hats to the ball and just playing with that kind of energy, that kind of effort. And as you mentioned, it's brought them up in the standings. And if you look at a number of different type situations, the various defensive categories you can look at, I mean, they're suddenly, you know, the, after the Viking game, they were in the 20s, the number one, the first week of the season, they're in the 20s as far as defense goes. And now they are very respectable and more in all the important categories. Hats off to Mike Pettin and his group. They really came on throughout the season. And I'll tell you, Wes, one of the things about teams that contend is they get better throughout the year. I know yeah. it sounds kind of simple. Everybody get, wants to get better, but not everybody does it. The teams that contend figure out a way to keep improving throughout the year. And the Packers, and in particular defense, is a perfect example. And now, hey, people, when they talk about the Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packer football team, opponents are saying, hide the women and children. These guys are tough. <laughs> Yeah, no, they most certainly are. And one other comparison I drew too, and it's not a full on, you know, hundred percent straight line thing, but this defense reminds me a lot of the 14 unit. Now there wasn't a big adjustment where like Clay Matthews moving to inside linebacker, but Chris Barnes stepping in as the mic. Now, I think that's brought the most out of this thing, his communication skills, his ability to read an offense and understand the adjustments that need to be made. Seems like Christian Kirksey moving to the will spot has actually really helped him. And obviously the rotation they've gotten going there. But more than anything, Larry, he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of glitz and glamour. He wasn't voted to the Pro Bowl. I'm guessing he probably won't end up being an All-Pro. But Adrian Amos has really taken his game, I felt, to another level the second half of the season, whether it's moving into that dime spot that Raven Green plays or just his ability. And you're talking about attitude. He brings it, man. There was one other moment in that game. I can't remember exactly the sequence, but there were about two or three guys that didn't really finish their tackles. Adrian Amos comes blazing in there, and he ends the play and obviously got the interception to kind of seal it at the end. Uh, he's the kind of guy, I mean, when they signed him from Chicago two years ago, they felt like he was on the ascent. And I think you've seen him as he's gotten more comfort in Mike Pettin's defense, really, that, that has brought the best out of his game. No, when Adrian gets there, he arrives in a bad mood. He puts the wood to people. And as you talk about the defense, and I'll get to Adrian in just a moment, but the defensive improvement, I was talking to Bears Radio during the pregame segment on Sunday, and I, they were asking about the Packers' defense. And if you look at it, you know, where is the improvement coming from? Well, the Packers are getting improvement from all three levels. Let's start at the line of scrimmage. Very important, Kenny Clark got healthy. Yeah. You know, those, those core-type injuries, boy, you can play – but there's a difference between being okay and being 100% yourself. And I think towards the end of the season, Kenny got healthy. And even though he didn't make the Pro Bowl, he is playing at a Pro Bowl level. And then you mentioned him earlier. Inside, the Packers seem to have settled on Chris Barnes as their every down inside linebacker. Now, Christian Kirksey, Kamal Martin, they'll get the reps in different personnel groups, right. but every down Chris Barnes is the guy and he's just a football player. If you watch him sometimes slow down one of his tackles on film, if you watch him, there's just some natural innate snap to his game. 
stuff happens. The other guy, boom, he's jolted when Chris Barnes hits him. And instinctively, he is just, he belies that rookie status. I mean, he's like a, a four or five year veteran when it comes to instincts. Okay, so you got the first two levels. And then in the back end, you know, Jair, he's been lights out all season long. But you talked about Adrian, and I also have to mention Darnell Savage. Yeah. I think suddenly the Packers, coaches, defensive planners, strategists, what have you, kind of figured out how do we use these guys? Where we can, where can we place them to take full advantage of their tools? And I think, as you mentioned, with the injury to Rayburn Green, that opened some opportunities up for Adrian Amos near the line of scrimmage. I believe Darnell Savage has had more opportunities to play that robber role, that lurk role, where you're kind of back there just reading the quarterback's eyes and you can jump on things because that young man has incredible physical tools. And you can see when he jumps on something, when he sees it, it looks like he's at full speed and the rest of the field, and all these guys are fast, Yeah, the rest of the field is in slow motion compared to Darnell Savage. So you add all those things up, and suddenly we got the ninth-rated defense in the league. Absolutely. Green Bay Packers 13-3. and I'd be remiss, Larry, got to end on this note, too. All these records that Green Bay ended up breaking, Aaron Rodgers, 48 touchdown passes, new (laughs) franchise record. 70.7 completion percentage, I think, is one of the more underrated numbers with his season. A guy that for so long people were talking about him holding on to it too long, throwing it away. 70.7 ends up leading the National Football League among qualifying quarterbacks in that category. Devonte Adams ends up resetting the single season mark for catches. Also ties Sterling Sharp's mark with 18 touchdown receptions and Robert Tunyon, Larry, 11 touchdown receptions right there. Paul Kaufman's record 37 years old. And then Robert Tunyon, the former undrafted free agent out of Indiana state breaks him for a, for a team that many people felt like didn't have a lot of weapons coming into the season. It's, it's kind of interesting how it's worked out for them on the offensive side of the ball, finishing the year, obviously leading the league in scoring, and then also the t- most efficient red zone offense in the National Football League. Well, you know, you mentioned all the people involved in all those milestones and uh, tremendous individual efforts and achievements and the chemistry game to game between Aaron and Devante. I don't think I've ever, and Aaron has enjoyed tremendous chemistry with his receivers throughout his career but I don't think I've ever seen chemistry to this level, but at the center of it all, the eye of the storm, I I think you have to go to Aaron Rodgers uh, because his play, he's the trigger man. He's the guy getting it done. And I don't know, Wes, when you look at, and we will be doing this, when you look at the opponents and you look at how the Packers match up and they have this guy and they do this well and all that kind of stuff. Do you ever stop and think that the Packers enjoy such an advantage at the most important position that all the rest of it is window dressing? (laughs) I mean, this guy is so off the charts, otherworldly great, that whoever, I mean, a, a great example this last couple of weeks, Ryan Tannehill, he, he, he's having a, a terrific season yeah. by anybody's standard. 
including his own. He thought he got, he thought he got screwed out of the Pro Bowl. I mean, by anybody's standard, he's having a terrific season. But did you notice the difference between what he could do, how he led, the things he could get accomplished on the football field between him and Aaron Rodgers? Not yeah. even close. Right. Mitchell, Trubisky, I mean, all I could do is just say the same things I already have. So when you got that guy pulling the trigger, I mean, and sometimes I think, you know, we go into the game, we're up 21 nothing. It really is. I mean, that's the way that sometimes these things play out. Obviously, Rogers playing, as we talked about, an MVP level. We'll find out another month from now whether or not that ends up being his third NFL MVP. Larry, 13-3, and three, the Packers clinched the number one seed. Aaron Rodgers said after the game, it's it's not maybe the same home field advantage as previous years because you're not going to have a ruckus Rambo, Lambeau Field crowd. But still, that being said, having watched this team like we have this season, it does seem like there is a, a palpable energy an enthusiasm and really just an understanding of the field and the elements that that really could benefit Green Bay here in the month of January for as many games as they can host at Lambeau Field. Well, depending on the day, Wes, I think elements could be a factor. And this may be all washed up, but I'll throw it out there anyway, because it's what I think. I don't think the opponents coming in, say it's a snowy, blustery type classic Green Bay winter day. Yeah. Say the playoff games are played under those conditions. I don't think the opponent comes in here shaking in their boots because it's cold outside. I don't think it's that. I think the big advantage for the Green Bay Packers comes in the fact that the Green Bay Packers, to their core, think it's their kind of weather. They live in it. They practice in it. And if they've been here any length of time, they embrace it. And I think what the Packers have going for them in weather situations is the Packers' own attitude. The heck with the other guys. It doesn't matter because the Packers, when they take that field, they think this is, and they believe this is Packer weather. And yeah. I think the elements could play a role. Yeah, 13 and three back to back seasons. First time Green Bay has done that in 23 years. We'll see exactly how that scenario plays out a week from now. We do know it'll either be Tampa Bay, Washington, Los Angeles Rams, or a rematch with the Chicago Bears. And Larry, I even said, I don't really think there's a bad matchup in that bunch. You could get LaFleur versus Sean McVay, you could get the rematch against the Bears. Green Bay versus Washington could be compelling considering the relationship and friendship that Rodgers has with Alex Smith, who has made his way back to the NFL. Uh, really, and obviously the, the rematch with Tampa Bay, that game could be very different at Lambeau Field. All those different scenarios, though, will get sorted out this weekend. The Green Bay Packers get a chance to sit back, relax, and see how everything unfolds. Yeah, and so do we. Am I supposed to comment on the Packers? <laughs> no, no. I trust that they will. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Larry. I appreciate you stepping in. That is our show. We wish everybody a wonderful week, and be sure to stay tuned to Packers.com. Mike Spofford, hopefully will be back in the chair with us later this week, but we appreciate it. What, did Larry. I do a bad job? What do you mean? Well, you did a fantastic <laughs> job. You can replace me this week, too, if you want as well. You're more than welcome I'm to do that. I'm just kidding, <laughs> But I'm for Larry, a, I'm Wes. I had to throw in a verbal barb or something. No, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really give you a chance to like spar with me too much. So yeah. maybe, maybe that we'll save that for the next. Maybe one. next time. Maybe I'll get you in the hall. <laughs> on our way back to our desk. Absolutely. But for Larry, I'm Wes, and until next time, take care. <laughs> <laughs>